1: Take a bite and let the flavors dance on your tongue.
0: Hey, good morning fuckers and welcome to another day at the Daily BM. I have Mikey in the house. What's up?
1: Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for Uh, joining us. (laughs) Wow, you sound so energetic today again. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) And then we have
0: Eric in the house. And uh, no, he's not here again. He's still AWOL. And we have a very special guest who goes by the name of Rebecca. How are you today?
2: I'm doing great. How about you? Ah,
0: fantastic. Fantastic. Mikey, man, are you glad yeah. the holidays are over? I mean, like I know we talked about it on the prior show, but are you really glad that it's over? <laughs> or do you kind of or were you more
1: Christmassy still? No, I, I, I don't like the new this new age Christmas that we have.
0: <laughs> what's a new age? I, I have to I have to ask. What's a new age Christmas? It's
1: straight commercialization. It's how much can you spend? How fast can you spend it? And if you didn't spend enough, then you're not a good person. <laughs> 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 bah humbug. So how's Rebecca- that bah humbug? I like the old Christmases where it was like getting together as family and you know having dinner and. And, you know, hangouts and spending the day together and opening presents that were, like, thoughtful, meaningful, not about, you know, the latest technology that you have to buy for your kids in order to keep up with the Joneses. So did you buy your kids technology this year? No, I didn't, actually.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, that's a first.
1: No, not really. Did Did you buy technology last year, didn't you? Mm, No, not really.
0: Oh, yeah? What about you, Rebecca? Did you buy technology this year for your kids? I do not.
2: We are very, um, very thoughtful on our gifts. And I will say it was probably one of my favorite Christmases ever because my older two um, are working now. So the thought they put into their siblings' gifts and my – like it was – it was, like I said, probably my favorite just watching that exchange and how excited they were to give each other gifts. And um, it was was fun. And it was stuff – they needed and very very simple like my daughter is excited over her organizational bins you know so <laughs> like i loved it i did
0: oh that's cool organizational bins uh,
1: something i yes, need she's... in my life i'm sometimes super unorganized <laughs> yeah like my daughter like she asked for like a vacuum a mop <laughs> things like that like
0: that's really awesome. like, she asked for a vacuum and a mop
1: yeah because she awesome. used she's been using um like the house vacuum and the house mop and she's like i just want my own my own stuff so that way when i get ready to move out i'll have it and i won't have to get it i was like cool you know so she's gearing up is what she's doing for the big oh movie. she's been gearing up for like three years <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's ready to go yeah.
0: it's, it's like what she, you was, get ready, about to she was she
1: was she was ready before COVID hit and then uh that kind of changed the landscape
0: Now your now your kids still live at home, right, Rebecca? Obviously, or no?
2: Yeah, and um, they're older, but this economy is not allowing Mm. (laughs) for um, much to happen. Just car insurance, my gosh, it's like four hundred dollars a month for each. Like it's (laughs) it's crazy. So I can't get them out of here. Yeah, you know, I love them. (laughs) You
0: <laughs> can't get them out of here. Go. No, but um, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, the cost of living is so high um, compared to the incomes and the salaries that you you get. It's it's like impossible just to live out on your own in some cases, especially at a young age when it's time to like, you know, get out of the get out of the nest, so to speak. But they have to stay in it. Well, I
2: can't even as a teacher like <laughs> trying to make it on your own you can't so I can't I can't blame them and as long as they're working and doing what they need to do then you know my um, daughter's in college so she's doing college and working part-time and um, my son's full-time and so they've been saving for cars they bought the cars to get on the car insurance it's been a it's been a crazy year and a half
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I found that like, you know, especially like even healthcare, you know, as far as like the cost of, you know, for healthcare, it's just shot to the roof. I mean, it's almost to the point where it, you can't even afford to have, you know, you can't you can't afford not to have it, but at the same time you can't afford to to have it. So it's, it's like a catch 22 almost. It's like, okay, do I roll the dice and not have it or do I, you know, not eat an extra meal? You know, this, this every day. I just watch it's those it.
2: do-it-yourself videos and like, you know, you break an arm, you just put a stick on it, tie it up. Your guys well, are fine, go to work.
1: Just so. pour some Robitussin on it, be fun.
2: Drink some bourbon. Do a shirt on
0: it. I just watched a <laughs> I, I watched a film on uh, Netflix. I can't remember It was with Bill Burr and it, the comedian, and he was like his son fell down and scraped his arm. He's like, yeah, just rub some sand on it; it'll be all right. You know what I mean? Let's go back to those days. You know what I mean? Where it's like when you used to like, you know, not go. Oh, you need to put some. You know what's that? Um, what's that spray you used to put on your that, your mom would put on? It stung like hell. It started with a B. Oh God! You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh my God! What I, I don't. You know, you guys never used antiseptic. It was like
2: the cure. It was like the cure all for everything. Yeah, was, was it
0: was it Bactine? Was it Bactine? Is the name of it? Yes, yeah, I but, think so. Yeah, but you used to like spray it, man, and your mom be like, "This is gonna stay a bit." That shit felt like she put a lighter on your arm. You know what I mean? She <laughs> <Did laughs> like used a green, it has for like sunburn it? too. What's that? I had like green used it for on sunburn it? too. Yeah. Oh, sunburn. I, you know, the funny thing is, is like the sunburn stuff back in the eighties, it had like alcohol in it, like the worst thing you can put on your skin. So it felt like she lit you on fire when she rubbed it on your skin. And it was like, then they had like a numbing agent on it. That was all it was. But, uh, I remember those, uh, it's funny how like medicines have like evolved over the last 30 years as far as for relief, because there wasn't really much relief as a kid. You got hurt. You were feeling that pain for a while. Um, but I mean I broke, you know, my,
1: I broke my arm and waited three days to tell my parents I did it because I was worried they're gonna <laughs> beat my ass.
0: <laughs> He's walking around looking like a scarecrow. Hey, Michael, is there something wrong with your arm?
1: Nope. <laughs> oh, you're not joking. I couldn't use it. It was a complete it was a complete fracture all the way through the bone.
0: Oh my god. I was so walking, did they get around, mad I was walking around
1: holding I was walking around holding my arm like this. So did they get mad at you after three days? Well they got mad. Yeah, they got mad that I waited. Ah, uh, Damned if you do, damned if you don't, huh, Mom, Dad? <laughs> yeah, because so it got more expensive because I had to re-break my arm to put it, put it, set it back in the right spot because it already started healing the wrong way. <laughs> oh, great! So you, they're like, that's going to be about a three hundred dollars more, <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: to, to have it rebroke. and they're like, damn it, Michael, you cost us another three hundred dollars.
1: Oh no, it was like twenty grand, 20, 25 grand to reset my arm. It was not a, it was not a fun time. But my dad had insurance, so it wasn't that bad. I don't remember what the deductible was.
0: So, do you, let me ask you something. Um, you know, being that you're in the you teach what? Middle school and high school, right? Yeah, high schoolers. Do you feel like kids today versus like how when we were now every generation says it, but do you feel like kids today are softer than what we were when we were younger and our, you know, like I said every old generation says that, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on it?
2: Oh, completely different. <laughs> like and, you know, if you spank your kid, then they're like, yeah, I'm going to call whatever services, you know? So, um, yeah, it's totally the time out period of, you know, um, of you can't hurt feelings and you have to, you know, build self-esteem and all this other stuff and there is no you know, wait till, wait till your father gets home. <laughs> um, I
0: can tell me. times I yes. heard that when I was a kid growing up. When your dad gets home, man, and you were like, oh, crap. You know what I mean? This yeah. is I'm you know, dead meat when he gets in the door. You know, you feared your father. You respect, feared him a little bit, but respected him, you know? And then um, I feel yeah, like- Yeah, the level
2: of respect years. is gone. Oh, yeah. Definitely.
0: What, you know, what about for teachers? Do you feel like the, the level of respect, you know, for, you find it harder- like when you start, how you how long you've been doing teaching? Just so the listeners know.
2: Um, I think eighteen years, something okay. like that. Um, so, so in that eighteen
0: years, have you seen that evolution, like oh, over that eighteen year period, like go from one extreme to the next?
2: Yeah, and it's just you talk about. I mean, I remember my first teaching job, and I said, you know, no passing notes in class. If you pass that note, I'm going to intercept it, and I'm going to read it to the class. And I remember <laughs> I remember getting that first note, and I opened up, I cannot read this out loud. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but now, you know, this, the distraction of of social media and and that, just the difference, and that has totally changed kids and their intention span. And, and I say this all the time like, um, you're putting a toy in front of a kid, you know, and saying and telling them to, you know, act responsibly. And it's, um, but just all of that plays a part into the whole um, how. How this generation's changed and definitely um, could not toughen it out. You know, like, what if there was a draft? What if there was a war? Imagine these kids um, having that happen. You know what I mean? It's just, it's totally
0: no i agree with you i you know dana uh, dana white from the ufc actually made a statement on that uh, once and i actually agree with what he says he's like i don't he doesn't have faith that the youth of today w- which would actually go and you know defend the country if it, you know if it was under attack um they would be soft he goes the generation has gotten so soft um and that that i kind of agree with but then do you blame do you blame the parents to a degree or do you blame society as a whole as far as because they're being bombarded from all directions like i think mike has an opinion on that as far as social media is concerned i believe um i think you've talked about this in the past mike have you not oh yeah i have yeah so my thing is it's like i believe do you think it's like parents are the issue or do you think like it's the 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 constant bombardment of the media in influencing them as well or both
2: it's It's definitely both. And you look at parents, what are they doing? They're sitting there on their phones, on social media as well. Um, They're, they're not parenting. They're um, handing their kids devices to entertain them. And, um, you know, we're not teaching kids basics anymore. Um, Just even in, and how to, get through the day. Normally you're giving everybody a trophy. No one knows how to handle it when things go wrong. Um, And then these kids are breaking down. No one wants to work. Like it's, it's just this whole steamroll of things. And then these kids are like, well, I'm going to be a YouTube person. You can be whatever you want to be. Some schools put litter boxes in because the kids pretend that they're a cat and they don't want to have them. No, they're not. They can they can do speeches, barking like a dog or meowing like a cat. Wait, the what? teacher can't do anything about it. You're
0: messing with me. No way. I
2: swear. No, that's, that's
1: that's true. There's a lady suing the school system because they told her kid that um they're not a cat and she's suing the school system. <laughs> she we, said it's... her kid her kid is a cat. <laughs>
0: you got to be yep. kidding me, man. You have wow. got to be kidding me. My kid the, you... <laughs> I'm just sitting here. How the hell could, as a parent, could you look at a, like an administrator with a straight face
1: and say, but my kid's a cat.
2: You can be whatever you want to be. So.
1: Because you're being brainwashed. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's group think. It's like, if you speak out against it, you're an evil fascist Nazi. Bottom line. I mean, that's, that's the truth of the matter. If you speak out and say, Hey, you're not a cat. And then now it's like, oh, you're a bigot, a racist. You know, they you get all these slurs yeah. thrown at you. You're a horrible human being because you're not, you know, validating your child's But isn't that exactly psychosis. what they teach
0: against? I mean, like what they're saying that you shouldn't do, but they're turning around and flipping the script on you if that's the case. What that's how
2: this whole society works though
0: like okay so they're saying oh we shouldn't be Mike. bullied and all this stuff but they're turning around and bullying you right back for what your belief is i mean that, that i mean i'm just saying no
1: but it's a, it's okay it's okay if you bully the bad guy we've been taught that for forever <laughs> I, I don't know man uh, no i mean think about it i mean um it's okay for instance i mean going into an extreme sure all right go Look at look at Germany and look at Nazis. Look at how many World War II Nazi movies have made to portray the German people as horrible people, you know for the last eighty years, and no one ever complains about it because you can't say, "Hey, not every German was a Nazi, not every German's evil, Correct. But if you, you know if you say that, oh, you're a Nazi lover, you're a supporter." but the reality of the fact is is that not everybody was yeah not everybody agreed with their ideology (laughs) and nobody now you know it's 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 like another example is like slavery you know like most white people today never owned a slave most of their parents never owned a slave most of their grandparents never owned a slave you know i think it was only like one percent of the population owned slaves and it was only the richest one percent most people didn't own slaves half the population that's here now wasn't even in america at the time of slavery correct because there are more recent immigrants So, you know, for us to, you know, for all non-black people to be like accused of owning slaves is horrible, you know, because it's like we didn't, you know. Yeah, no,
0: (laughs) that's another thing. Yeah, it's like we didn't. My my great uh, my uh, grandparent and my dad and my you know myself, we never. Yeah, we never owned a slave. I mean, it's like, why the hell are we getting this repercussion now?
1: You know, and so. But that narr- thats the narrative, and that's the narrative that we're being sold. And it's just, you know, and the the thing is, is a lot of the stuff that we today say is okay used to be considered psychological disorders. You know, like what? But now it's like, where does it stop? You know, there's—I was reading an article; it was fascinating. There, you know, um, pedophiles are trying to join the uh, LGBTQ because they're trying to say that it's okay to love small children. Like, it's not pedophilia. It's just another form of love and expression. <laughs> you know, and there's pushback right, on it because it's disgusting, yeah. but it's not okay. But, but where do you draw the line? You know, if you're letting That's, people say, Hey, I'm a cat, then, and you're saying, Hey, it's okay that, you, that you're a cat and I got to treat you like a cat and let you shit in a litter box, you know, and like accommodate you. Um, where do you stop? Like, where does it go back to being a psychosis? Like, where is it too weird? You know, well, you,
0: you have to speechless and on that one. I don't, need, I don't I, The whole thing is, I don't even have an answer for that.
1: No, because it's slippery slope. Yeah. You know, and right now with society, the thing is, is you know, social media it gives it gives uh, everybody an equal voice when I don't think everyone should have an equal voice. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but I think there's people out there that that shouldn't have the same level of platform.
2: They're, they're listening to people that aren't experts and yeah. then, and it, this is crazy. Cause I was having a talk with, um, some former students the other day that have graduated and they were older and they were talking about, you know, some of the pressures they felt in middle school, especially I noticed like eighth grade for girls is like the hardest year. Um, and, and trying to figure out, um, just life in general and they were just talking about the push from society almost to be um, bi or transgender or you know um, they're like it's just in your face constantly at a time when you're just trying to find yourself and fit Mm -hmm. in and you don't fit in with the popular group so you it was a really amazing conversation as they are you know this generation getting older and looking at this from what they went through. Cause I'm like, God, we didn't even have the pressures that kids do today. And it's in your face constantly on social yeah. media. It's, you know, it's,
1: it's like, you're not, I, we had a conversation about this a couple months ago um, or a couple episodes ago. And there's this huge push that like all women have to be girl bosses. You know, being a mother is a horrible experience. You shouldn't do it. You should avoid it at all costs. What you need to do is go out, get a six figure job, Get a Lambo, you know. Be a boss, babe. You don't need a man. You don't. You don't want a man. Masculinity is completely toxic. You need to completely avoid all of that. Um, that's what we're telling our young girls. I mean, you're better off as a young woman finding another young woman to have a relationship with because that's the way it should be. And if you're a young man, you know, you need to you need to avoid anything that's masculine. You know, no athletics, no sports. You need to embrace your creativity feminine side you need to be loving caring compassionate and it's tearing up society i mean that's what they're portraying in in social media not i'm not saying that's what's right i'm saying that's what's being portrayed to these kids so you don't know where to stand you know as um a child like you don't know which direction to go because you're just trying to figure life out you know And, and we're being pressured or they're being pressured to like be something that they don't want to be or don't know that they want to be you know like I feel like uh, I don't know it's just it's 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 a horrible experience right now that we're world is in um, oh no, you're right and
2: well, it's and getting we're, worse we're not sitting down at the dinner table having yeah. conversations anymore and I, I feel like one of the biggest things that that a parent needs to do too is hey honey how was your day you watch people in car line they're on their phone the whole time. They're not talking, Oh, hold on. I'm on the, I'm on a mm-hmm. phone call. You, you've got to sit down and, and be a parent again. Like I I remember my kids, we always still sit at the dinner table, you know, and there were times that quit clanking your fork. Why are you looking at me? We're eating, you know, but I'm like, you know what? We're sitting here together as a family and this <laughs> is real. But those are uh-huh. when the conversations happen and that's, parents are just as bad on, on those electronic devices and, and they need to be in their kids' lives, especially on those, you know, they need to be the ones influencing them, not social media, not their friends. The parents have to have those conversations. Yeah.
0: But I think you just said it right though, too, as well, that, you know, the, the parents have to be more involved, in their kid's life. I think you said earlier that they're giving them the electronics. They're giving them the iPads. They have become the parent because that's where they're getting influenced from. That's where they're getting their information. Um, so, I mean, to me, it's, it boils down to parenting period. I mean, Mike, I mean, do you disagree? Or well, well, it started,
1: our- it started with oh. our generation. Correct. Though, no, No, hundred percent television set. And it started with the entire, I think it actually goes back to world war two. Um, when you know we sent a bunch of our young men overseas to fight, and then we pulled women into the workforce, and the powers that be realized hey we got a, we got a whole another labor force here that we can tax. We can literally double our tax revenue by putting this half of the population to work, so we need to sell this narrative, and that narrative's been sold so whereas before, you know, like I grew up in um, a single income household, my mom didn't work, my dad worked. And my mom stayed home and she did the cooking and cleaning, you know, taking care of me. And, I, you know, every day she made sure that we sat down for family dinner. And she would basically, force is a strong word, but force my dad to like interact because he was tired from working all day. But he would come sit at the table and we'd have conversations and we'd talk. And she was, she was pretty much a driving force in my family of keeping that family unit intact. But now I see that, you know, Both parents are completely exhausted at the end of the day and you're worried about and work follows you everywhere now um, because it's instant demand. I mean, your bosses, a lot of bosses are like texting you, hey, where is this or what's this? And they're expecting an immediate result and you're scared not to give them that immediate response because you don't want to lose your job because, you know, there's it was there was a time where. People were losing jobs. And now I think the problem is is that kids have seen this. They've seen their parents growing up, and they don't want to work for, like, the man you know, or the corporation. Because they've been told for years that the corporations don't take care of you. They're going to discard you. I mean, how many times have you heard that? You know, like, growing up, it was like, you know, you get a pension at a place, and they take care of you in retirement. Like, you get a pension, and you also get Social Security, and, you know, it it, it seemed to work. But now it's like they're just discarding you. It's like that's what we've been told over and over and over again. So the kids are like, no, I'm, I'd am i rather go, you know, act like uh, a clown on the internet and get tens of thousands of dollars because people are watching me. You know, like my kid showed me this trend that's going on where literally people throw emojis up and the person does some type of reaction like they're not even a real person, you know, like, hey, hey. And every time they get one, it gives them money, but they have to do that emoji con. And I'm literally going, oh, my God, this is the dumbest thing ever. You know, and basically, you know, it seems like the money's just cycling back and forth between people doing dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, where does it stop? It's I don't know. It's, it's just it's such a scary environment to be in. And then I see a lot of educators, too, that are like fueling the fire. Like there was one educator that I saw online that um, and it's a small population. The problem is, is that social media makes it looks like it's all social, like all educators. You know, it's not, it doesn't, it's not like there's differentiation, but she was literally like reward giving the kids that were identifying as like transgender and non-binary candy and the kids that were straight, she wasn't giving the candy in her classroom. Like literally that, like she was filming it and it was like during like, uh, the month of, uh, was it February? Is that the LGBTQ? I believe so. Month. I think it's February. Yeah, but I think you're right. But it was that during that month. So she was literally giving the kids candy every morning coming to class as the kids said they were non-binary or transgender. And the kids that said, no, they're like straight. And it was like young. it was They were like seven and eight year olds. <laughs> and I was like, and it was in the classroom setting. So I don't know if it was staged. I, I couldn't find any more information on it. It went viral on Instagram like not too long ago on TikTok. And I was just like, holy freaking crap. Like if this is real, this is scary because this is somebody that's and then I think the problem is is you know, the school systems don't pay enough. They don't pay teachers enough. So most people that are going to be great teachers don't want to teach in public school systems. That I agree so end with 100%. Mediocre mediocre teachers, you know, and people that can't do anything else. And I hate to say it that way, but that's just the way. I feel No, about there,
2: it. there there there's so many schools, even in Polk County, I think there's still
1: yeah.
2: a thousand teachers short. There's substitutes in there teaching your kids like it's a It's when the cost of living just even in the last two years has Mm -hmm. almost doubled for what I pay each month. How do you expect us to stay, you know, like, and it's, and then a brand new teacher coming in is making the same as me. Who's been doing it almost 20 years. Right. So at some point, you know, it just, how much can you take? And then you get more and more students and, um, and then you're you have all these other battles. You can't say the wrong word, and mm-hmm. Lord knows I do daily. So
1: yeah, um, and you can't you but, can't dis, you can't discipline the kids in your classroom because then you're bullying them and you're treating them wrong, and so now they're running amok. And I don't know, it's 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 a completely messed up system that we have right now, and nobody nobody seems keen on fixing it because it's such a hot topic that it keeps everybody distracted. Because you have, you know the left and right and then you know how I feel about social media the algorithms basically push you in the direction of whatever your thought process is and they keep showing you more and more and more radical stuff um so and then you're you get to the point where you're like I don't even know how those other people can believe what they believe because that's insane like that's crazy like
2: there's you know, no truth there yeah. there's no facts there it's all I don't want to say no because that's it but it's mainly opinions being spun Mm -hmm. to push somebody's agenda agenda
1: and it's six second clips that are taken out of context and put with a totally different narrative and all of a sudden you're like oh my god this is insane i wanted to um i wanted to reach out to like one of the uh, american ninja warriors that was on the show um because i was going back and i was watching old episodes because i haven't watched it for years and a lot he's he was like five foot two and he he has a a growth um, disorder that prevented him from growing when he was younger. And he said he was bullied relentlessly when he was a kid. And he said that pushed him to work harder and strive harder to, you know, become probably one of the best Ninja warriors or Ninja uh, American Ninja warriors out there. Um, And my question to him that I wanted to ask him would be like, if you didn't have that, if you didn't have the bullying and you just had people sitting around you going, Hey, you're perfect. Just the way you are. There's, you know, you're, you're amazing. You don't need to put any effort in. You don't really need to work hard because you're perfect. You're exactly the way you're supposed to be. And there was no outside pressure. Would he have pushed himself to become who he is because I feel like that's the problem with today. It's like you, you don't grow in success. You grow in failure. When you succeed at something, that means it's above, it's below your skill level. You know, like when you – if a baby got up and started walking and then sprinting right away and didn't fall down, there, that wouldn't be challenging to them. You know, it would be – it's the failure. It's the falling down and the getting back up that molds you into the person that you are. You know, you're molded. You know, weapons are made in fire. They're not made in, you know, Play-Doh. <laughs> so – no, that's. A, I don't know. It's an interesting. It was interesting. I think the problem is, you know, and the thing is too is like instead of teaching kids, if somebody's bullying you online, block them.
2: Exactly. Cut them out of your life.
1: Like block them.
2: But or they put go it back down. and forth, back and forth. I would say that. But the that reality, all the time. But what
1: they, but instead, what they're like, they go is like, oh, we need to coddle them. You know, they're you know, this is a no bully zone. Like, and it's like then you teach the kid. The problem is, is it creates this victim complex and you're sitting around waiting for someone to come save you. Like, I can't tell you how many times, you know, like my stepson, he's got the entire library of Alexandria in his hand. He's got every known piece of human history, technology, innovation in the palm of his hand. And he will come over and ask me, Hey, how do I do this? As opposed to researching it and figuring it out for himself. Now, I don't mind showing him and teaching him. Like that, that's not that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is is that he will sit there. Like the other day, like one of his um, uh, his chair. This is a great example. He was sitting in his chair, and when he sits down, it was flopping forward. And instead of like either even questioning or looking it up, he just assumed it was broke. So he never sits in it. And I went in there and sat down in his chair. This is at his dad's house. And it flopped forward. And I'm like, okay, what is this? So I flipped it over and I realized that it had been put together backwards. So like I went and got a screwdriver. I was like, hey, do you have a screwdriver? And he's like, I don't think we have one of those in the house. And I'm like, how do you not have a screwdriver? So I went out to my truck and got my toolkit out of my truck. And I'm not a trademan. So like – I just have. I just always carry tools because my dad taught me to have tools with you because you never know when you're going to have to fix something. So I went in, switched four screws, and his chair all of a sudden goes back like it's supposed to. And he's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, it works. And I'm like, how long have you had the chair? He's like, uh, three years. I was like, in three years, you haven't questioned it once, and you haven't sat down? And he's like, no, I just didn't think about it. And I was like, holy shit, this is like the society that we're raising. And, you know, I remember – it's funny because, like, I remember when I met him – he was like scared to death of like spiders and bugs and all that kind of stuff. And I yelled at him one time, not meanly, but just like just go get it. Like go get it and put it outside. And his mom was like, "Don't yell at him like that." And I was like, I looked at her point blank and I said, "Would you date a man that if you're with cuz she doesn't like bugs either. Would you have dated a man if you saw a roach running across the floor?" And you go, ooh, get that. And he jumped up on the table and started screaming and wailing and dialing 911 and, you know, needing like fire rescue to come out. Would you date a man like that? She's like, no, of course not. I'm like, then why are you raising your son like that? Absolutely not. You're, you're, I- you're coddling <laughs> him. I'm like, you go over there and you do the hard thing and you fix it because that's what you're supposed to do as a man. And we're not teaching that to our kids anymore. Yeah,
0: Listen, we're just, just not. to bounce off that, you know, the whole <laughs> spider thing. I just want to just say one thing because yeah. I am like, that's one of my. Phobias. I I don't like spiders. All right, but I will be tell you. I am the first one that'll man up and go kill the damn thing. You know, even though I hate mm-hmm. them with a passion. I mean, i am had them raise their legs at me like they're gonna attack me. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh shit, no, hell no. But I usually just I, it, the man card. You know, kind of flips into gear, and I'm like, you know what, man, you just fucked up, spider. Here it comes whack. You know what I mean? I kill him. So, like you said, though, it's like, yeah, you're never gonna date their. He was, you know, she would have never dated a guy that jumped up and screamed on a table and said, can you get it? Can you get it? Yeah. Never would happen in a million years.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, no. But That's I'm just...
2: laughing at the the thing with the screwdriver and stuff because I'm like, <laughs> I'm always the, in my head, lefty, Lucy, righty, tighty. Yep. Like, yeah. I'm like, kids don't even know that anymore. Like, I'm. The, they, don't,
1: they don't care, to know it. No, they just discard I've... whatever they discard whatever's broke, and they go buy a new one because that's the commercialism oh. that we've taught them. And that's them, what that their parents are
2: doing too. Like how many? It's it's funny because my kids are always like, "All right, mom's got this." Because I'm always like, "Ah, oh, guys, we're in a wreck and half the car's hanging off. I'm gonna duct tape it. Like we got this. Like so, I'm always fixing stuff. So hey,
0: rig that stuff up. I we got were on you. a
2: road trip. Yeah, Sometimes and we were on a I, road trip. Yeah, do you gotta do. <laughs> Tires. Tire starts going and the kids are like, we're, we're in Texas. It's a storm on the busiest highway. (laughs) And, and I hear it. I look and I said, uh, tires about to go. And they're like, okay, mom, are you going to change a tire? What are you going to do here? I go, this is when mom's going to be really cute. And stand by the side of the road and get someone else to do it.
0: Play the female card. And they're I like, love
2: it. They, they go they go, Mom, that's not what I expected at all. I go, I am not changing a tire right here with semi trucks flying by. I'm not putting my life at risk. But we made it. But it's called this. That's what I
1: call it. But but you would want <laughs> you would want your man to do that if you're with Correct. him. Like you wouldn't want him oh, to be definitely. like you wouldn't want him to be like, Well, hold on, I got this and he puts his pulls his shirt up to a crop top, ties a knot and hikes his pants up and starts standing of the road holding his thumb out going hey guys come fix my tire like that's not the response that you'd want <laughs> and it's uh it's what we're training our kids to do Correct. and i and the problem is it's not the majority like when i talk to people in the real world like 99 of them agree with me and i'm not a confrontational person like i love alternate opinions and uh, because i love seeking the truth and i love learning new things and i'm not Set in stone. Like, I'm not one of those people that has a closed mindset. I'm very open mindset. Like, if you, like, I firmly believe 100% that love is love. And, you know, if you love another same sex person, then you should live your truth. Like, 100%. I've always felt that way. You know, and my primary argument like that was listen, who in their right mind would wake up and go, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to choose to love somebody that's my same sex so that way I can be persecuted. So that way I can be beat up. That way I can be abused. I can have astigmatism. I'll never be able to live the life that I want to live because society won't let me have it. Because people did that for generations living in secret. So I know 100% it is not a choice. It's a hardwire, And, you know, love is love. Now, the problem comes in For me, it's like the disorder is when you love someone not of consenting age that can't consent. That's a problem. Like there's no way that a pedophile will ever make me go, yeah, I see your point. That makes sense because a kid can't make a choice. You know, and even if they can, they don't know what choice they're getting into, and it's just weird and creepy.
0: I was gonna say, I'll, I'll add on to that, Mikey, because like <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm 53 now, but honestly, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do even until I was even yeah. you know, at 22. So I can't imagine an eight-year-old or yeah. a nine-year-old making that kind of decision. You know, in your life, yeah. you have
1: no idea. But like, but you know what's crazy though is if you look back at society, you know, like the average marrying marriage age was like 12 years old. Because the average life expectancy was only 45. Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, once you got to the mid-20s, to 20s, you know, and I'm talking about like, you know, in the last, you know, 150 years, but before that. Right. You know, when you got in your 20s, your, the child mortality rate went up to like 80%. Like if you had a child in your 20s, like there was a – the child would probably die like 80% of the time. Because there's just such a high infant mortality rate. Now through technology, we've gotten better, and we've been like, "Hey, we don't want our kids to have, have kids at twelve, even though biologically they can." Correct. Um, we don't want them because we want them to be able to develop, experience more, learn who they are, become the person they're meant to be, and then find you know true love and live the life they're supposed to live. But you know, back then it was like not a big deal because that was just commonplace. But as a society, we were like, "Hey, let's wait till 18 you know, make 18 the legal age for the consent. And as a society, we agreed to it. And now we're trying to change those parameters. And I think that's a big mistake. Um, Nope. I I don't have any problem with gender reassignment surgery. I just don't think it should be done on anybody under the age of 18 because I don't think they can consent. And people that have done it at young ages, historically they have higher suicide rates because they're extremely unhappy. Because here's the thing, they're being sold a beautiful lie. They're being sold a lie that if you do this one huge heroic act it will change the entire trajectory of your life and you will finally be happy with who you are. And the problem with that is, is you can change your outward appearance, but if you don't change your mindset, you'll have the exact same experience. So it starts in the mind. It doesn't start in the body. Like you can't change outward in, you have to change inward out and that's on everything in life.
2: Well, I, it's like bulimia and anorexia. You know what I mean? You're always going to see yourself as that, that, that person, the, the the fat person, like as a, you know, um, and, and so, and not that I'm comparing it, but I am a little bit Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes we look at, oh, well, this is a fix and this is going to fix everything. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it doesn't, it fixes it physically, but there's something, you know, it's a short -term term effect. I get you. Exactly. And and when you look in the
1: mirror, you'll never feel like that beautiful person because you'll look in the mirror and there'll still be something wrong with you because you're not fixing the mental part. And that's the thing where the message has gotten so convoluted because, you know, the whole thing about love yourself and be happy with who you are is gone to extreme now where we're like, oh, you know, if I'm 400 pounds, you can't fat shame me because that makes you a bigot and, you know, and, you know, just a horrible person when in reality you're not living a healthy lifestyle you know being 400 pounds is not good for you now it's great that you love yourself and you're happy with yourself and whatever but you shouldn't be a role model i'm sorry you just shouldn't and people might get mad at me for saying that but and i'm not saying that it's the other end of the spectrum either i'm not saying everybody needs to be a Victoria's secrets model from the 80s and 90s because that's not healthy either but you should be strong capable and able to do your daily functions in life you know if you have a hard time walking to the to get your mail at the mailbox that's not okay that doesn't mean you're a horrible person it means that you're in a bad situation you need to have the support and the stuff to figure out how to fix it not Oh, you know, it's totally okay that you're driving around in a, you know, hover round because you can't walk because your knees can't support your weight, but you do you because you're an awesome person. And let us put you on the cover of Sports Illustrated as the most athletic person in the planet, you know, because you're 400 pounds being able to roll around in a hoverboard or a hover card at 14 miles an hoverboard. hour. You know, like hoverboard, whatever. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Whatever this thing's called. Hover rounds. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's gotten so out of proportion. You know, it's like a biological man. Being named woman of the year. It's bullshit. And all the feminists are like embracing it, you know, and when a girl speaks out saying, Hey, I'm not okay with being in the locker room, a student with a man, a biological man that's dressed as a woman. I'm not okay with it. Everybody's like, Oh, you're just a bigot. you You're like not open to their feelings. And I'm like, bro, get out of here with that bullshit, but I'm the minority. (laughs) Or I might be the silent majority, but who knows? But it's just such a, such a jacked up world. Like I don't get it. I don't get it at all.
2: Or the, or the athletes thing. Like, yeah, you exactly. know, as a, as if I'm a mom and my daughter is losing out on a scholarship, because again, a you're just, you're, man. you're physically different. And it's, it doesn't mean, I think the problem with society right now is mm-hmm. if, if I say that, then people are like you don't like them. No, mm-hmm. that's not true. And, and, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're yeah, saying if, if you have an opinion, oh, then you don't like any of those people. N- no. Again, and, and I totally agree with you. Love is love. And, and you can tell the people that it's just who they are. Yeah. It's, it's when you're pushing that agenda on somebody else. It's when you're telling a 12-year-old that it's okay to change when, when the, again, this was the talk I had with those kids is I'm like, you know, you're just freaking hormonal, the wind blows, and and you're horny. Like I, I mean, I don't yeah. know what else to say. It doesn't mean <laughs> you're attracted to the person that just walked by. It just means right. you're freaking raging hormone. And and I think nobody talks about this stuff. It, you it, know, we're we're not having these conversations.
1: The problem is, is that it's the exact same thing that we've been trying to fight for generations. It's it's the same thing they were fighting for. Is now the norm, which is the labeling, like. categorizing, labeling, and, you know, stereotyping, profiling. There's a million different words for it, but that's what it is. It's like, you know, Hey, listen, if you're in college and you get a wild hair and you want to experiment like same sex, that doesn't mean that you're instantly gay. It just means you're curious. You know, it means that you're just living life. Like, and I've never done that. It does. I don't have any appeal. Like there's not like, you know, I can look at a man and say, he's a good looking dude. Because I'm not, I'm strong enough in my masculinity to know that like just by saying that I'm not like automatically going to just be you know drawn to him like a magnet Correct. and have to make love to him. That just like, I'm just like bro, like he's a fucking good looking guy. You know, like I get it. Like you know, and I don't have a problem saying that. It doesn't mean I want to be curious, but you know, if you are, it doesn't define you. Like that's the problem. It's like you do this one action and it's like this is who I am. Like it defines me. Like I feel like people that say they're non-binary all they're trying to say is I don't want to choose sides because I don't know what side I am. I want to be gender fluid. Like I want to go back and forth, which is fine. But it's like, don't make me feel like an asshole because I call you ma'am, because right now you look like a woman when you don't identify with that. You know, don't put me in jail because I misused your pronouns and it hurt your feelings. Cause in all honesty, I, you know, I'll do my best to try to respect your feelings, but I've been psychologically programmed that if someone looks like a woman and you know, talks like a woman then that's a woman and if someone talks like a man that's a man and now if you're changing the narrative i'm gonna slip up you know it just goes back to assumption (laughs) you can't assume yeah
0: you know i can't assume if you're going to be that particular uh, type of individual
1: i can't assume
0: anything so i'm like you said you're going based on visually what you're seeing and what we've been taught over the years you know what i mean because i don't think anybody can decipher that code you know what i mean if you're not but then again
1: i've never I've never run into a person like that in real life. Like I see them all over the internet, but I've never run into a person like that in real life. I've never been in a situation where I've been in Target or Walmart or a store and someone has gone off because someone misgendered them. I've never seen it in personal life. People I've talked to have never seen it. And it could be maybe because and I and I do travel, so it's not like I'm just stuck in like redneck Polk County. And of course, you know that's the problem. (laughs) So I don't know how much of it's just propaganda for the internet. You know what I mean? Listen,
0: I'll be honest with you. This 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 actually made me think about a conversation I had yesterday. And basically, they were at the workplace and they were, um, you know, they went into a Zoom meeting. Okay, and they literally just said, "Hey guys, what's up?" That's it. Hey, guys, what's up? Now, how many people, male or female, goes, hey, guys, you know what I mean? Da-da-da-da-da.
2: Wisconsin, all the time. That's what we call everybody, guys.
0: This individual literally sent this other individual an email of 10 things that are considered offensive. And one of them was, hey, guys, as far as, like, how to introduce Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I'm like, what the hell? You can't even say, hey, guys, what's up anymore? Because – We're not calling you a guy. We're just saying, hey, guys, what's up? You know what I mean? So it's like, I I just find this whole thing just mind boggling to me. It just really just blows me away. Because I mean, like, he was reading me the things off of it, and I was just going, you can't say anything. So what are you supposed to do? Just go, hi. Let's get started because then you sound rude. You know, then the next thing it'll be, hey, you're rude. You just said hi. You didn't even like introduce anything. You know, well, I'm afraid I don't know what to say. I did. I got this list of 10 things I can't say. I got, you know, all these things I can't do. It's like, what do you, you know, now I got to plan out what the hell I'm going to say too, as far as my intro. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's, 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 it's a, definitely a weird tr- world that we're living in today. As, as, as far as I'm concerned, I, that's my opinion.
1: Well, no, I think social media makes it world. I don't think the world's actually that weird. And I don't think people are that bad. I think it's just social media that does it. And that's my, that's my big gripe with social media, as opposed to being a force to drive us together. It's a force that drives us apart. And it's a force that's caused everything to become more commercialized. You know, it takes away from like the things that make things important. Like how often in do you now talk to people in person, as opposed to just a quick chat through social media or text message or, you know, I mean, there's friends that like, I haven't talked to in years, but I can tell you everything they're doing because I see it on social media. So I don't even really feel like I need to reach out and talk to them. I'm like, oh yeah, you know I, know, I see you've been on vacation. It looks like you had a great time. Awesome. You're still married. Like you're, Your kids are growing up. Oh, they got their first car. I don't need to have a conversation with you because I've already had, I've seen it all. You know. And then the problem is, is that you don't have that human connection. So now everyone feels more lonely today than we did 10 years ago. Because we're not doing this, the group stuff. We're not doing, you know, the social outings together. Everything's virtual. Everything's through social media, you know, and then everybody's feeling shitty about themselves because everyone only puts their best moments on social media. Now there are some people that put their shitty moments on social media for commentary or whatever, you know, like there's like a girl that I was following on there that literally like she cleans her house and she's got like 200,000 followers and every day her house is a complete fucking disaster. And I'm like, okay, I have a friend that has three kids and you've only got two and there's no way that you've got like that many pots and pans and dishes that are dirty, just laying all over the counters everywhere. It, it, it may happen, but this shit's staged just for social media. Like you went through and staged this shit so that way you can make it look way worse than it actually would normally be. And that a normal person would live in. So you can have this amazing like transformation video that people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're such a fucking slob. Oh wow. You got your life together, you know? But, that's how you get 300,000 people. That's how you're making your money. And you got to keep this outlandish stuff going on. You know, like it's, it's insane. It's just insanity. And like, people are just buying it. You know, like I see marriages that I know in real life, their marriage is shit, but on social media, holy fucking shit. They have the best marriage ever. Like they're the most in love. They're the most happiest couple. And in real world, it's like they're just like everybody else kind of struggling. you know they have their great days, they have their shitty days, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I't it's like, damn, I yeah, don't know. On the head. And you know and you got you got Mark, like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, making billions of dollars off other people's misery <laughs> in the name of like social justice <laughs> and social you know like acceptance and oh, you know getting together. If you want to see something funny, not funny, but something weird. When you start going through comments and you start seeing comments of people and you look at the agitators, click on their profile. And what I'm starting to see as a trend is those profiles have like very, very few posts, very few followers. And it's almost like they're not a real person. It's almost like they're like, it's their job to instigate social dissonance. And, It's just really fascinating because most of the time when people get a comment, they don't look at the profile of the person like they just respond back, you know, and then you get this heated exchange and you're like, oh, wow, this is crazy. But when you look at the profile, it doesn't even look like it's a real person like they don't have any posts. They don't they don't really exist. So I'm wondering if there's like, you know, some lab out there that's basically just creating social disorders so that way it's just a way to control society and keep us divided because the more divided we are the, the easier we are to manage and the easier are we to control the easier we are to control and you know? we
0: are all under control of the great social experiment that's exactly what it is man i mean hands down uh-huh. without a doubt i mean it's it's basically a form of control and then with the ai it's just going to get worse and that's a whole nother podcast we can talk about ai all day long and the advancement Mm, and how it affects teaching i'd love to have you back on uh rebecca and talk about that like how that influences uh teaching and things like that because we're running out of time and i kind of just want to transition into the last part of of the show yeah sure and um so guys hey check out a word from our sponsors and we're going to be right back in just a minute All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. Um, Listen, um, Rebecca, I had a you know, I know that you you teach, obviously, and everything of that nature, but you also do photography as well. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, so. So (laughs) Go ahead. What got you into that? I guess that was going to be my next one. What made you decide to do photography, you know, from teaching is just a hobby or or is it something you're like looking at? Hey, you know what? I think I want to take this into the next level.
2: Um, the funny thing is I always enjoyed taking pictures. I never took a photography class, um, but when my son was born, we did the cheesy, um, you know, uh, mall photos, if you sh- if you will, at like Sears. Um, <laughs> it was the worst experience ever. The he shadow portraits. <laughs> um, oh, they were hideous. And I was like, And he was crying. Um, It was an hour wait. Um, I'm a new mom, you know. Um, And, and I just said, I'm, I don't ever want to do this again. So then at six months, we went to a different place. um, And I watched what they did, I went out and bought a camera. And I just taught myself and that poor kid, I took pictures of him every day. I'm propping them up, had the sheets in the background using natural light in the back room. Um, and so that's how it all started. And then, um, my friends are like, Oh, who did these pictures? I'm like, Oh, I did. And they're like, well, you do my kids' pictures. Yeah. And so that progressed into, um, eventually weddings and that kind of stuff. Um, but then, um, once I got divorced, um, I didn't want to work those weekends that I had my kids. Like that was my time, you know, um, that really just cut my time and, and my job, number one's always mom. So, um, then I kind of just stopped, or I just kind of did Christmas pictures for friends and, and just cut back. And then, um, we did our 48 state road trip. Um, I did that with the kids in four years. And and so just traveling, of course, whole new love of photography. Um, and I just started taking pictures of, well, every place in, in the United States. And then people just said, hey, can I buy a print of this? And so now, um, a year later, um, I just sell prints of my pictures. So um, that's in a nutshell, how that all happened quickly. So, um, yeah, that's what
0: I, 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 you know, I saw, you know, some of the photos that you have even on your profile and things of that nature, it just, just the eye you have alone is really good. Mike, I'll send you um, a link to her profile so um, you can uh, see some of her work, but it's, it's really good stuff. And, um, and you had, did you, did you shoot this on a camera or what, you know, what kind of camera were you using? Like a, you know, an iPhone or, you know, an icon or anything of that nature
2: I started with the canon um i actually i started with a canon 35 millimeter really um and then I switched to digital just because I was taking so many pictures of my kids that it was like <laughs> this is really ridiculous like you, you know and of course like you're paying for the film development and like all right I got two good pictures out of this roll of 24. Um, so then I switched to digital, I think two year, my, when my daughter was born, she was, and so my son would have been too. Um, and then, um, I went digital then, and then on the, on the road trips, uh, I used the, my iPhone a lot. And so it was just kind of pictures for us, but then I found, um, that I could print them in pretty large sizes. So I'm always... I'm always road tripping. I just pick new places in Florida to just go visit like old small towns. I'm always in abandoned buildings. Um, And so sometimes maybe jumping fences, it's way easier just to do it with the phone than it is (laughs) with my camera wrapped around Mm -hmm. my neck. So, um, so I, I do both. Um, But um, the phone is very convenient and the iPhone takes pretty good though newer ones take pretty good photos back with the older ones not quite as good but mm-hmm. so yeah that's how that all happened
1: oh fantastic mm-hmm. What what's your most expensive lens
2: um it was probably when I did wedding photography mm-hmm. I had a really um really nice I think it was like a 35 to 70 millimeter Mm. and it was probably a thousand dollars but that that's kind of the problem with keeping up with equipment Mm -hmm. is the lenses get so expensive and oh um, yeah and I need to get real about it I just printed um like uh, business cards for the first time because I'm like all right I got to do this and I talked to Brad I'm like I need to get a website going but it's always you know Mm. I'm always doing a million things so um, this next year is that's going to be my focus is really getting it out there right now I just use a Facebook Mm -hmm. photography page instead of um, but that's how it all started in the beginning anyway with just Facebook, I started it back in 2007. When i was doing photography for other people so that was my whole reason for facebook so that in that way it's great social media is because no there's I a lot have,
1: of pros to it
2: yeah so now there's I a have lot of pros
1: to it 100%. prints in
2: 10 different states so which is kind oh, of a, that's cool my cool claim yeah, to fame really cool. and been in a couple magazines and um so now i just have to yeah. get that next level no.
1: I think there's a lot of great things for social because I think it's a great for small businesses. Um, you know, um, I think the marketplace is amazing. You know, you can find things that people want to sell. It's a lot easier than doing the garage sales, driving around randomly looking for stuff. So there's a lot of upcycling that goes on. There's a lot of things you can learn from it. Uh, I l- love photography. I, I'm not great at it. Cause I really haven't had a lot of time to practice. Um, I'm constantly struggling because I want to get like a nicer camera set up, but there's so many conflicting opinions. You know, you listen to photographers and some are like Nikon. That's the way to go. Some are like Canon. Some are, you know, um, uh, what's the other big brand that's out there? Um,
2: Sony's big on the wireless or the Mm -hmm. mirrorless cameras. That's like the big thing right now. Um,
1: Yeah. Sony was the one that a lot of people were recommending, you know, and then the setup, like, you know, the entry level level setup was like four grand, four or $5,000 for like a professional, like entry level professional for camera to get high quality photos and apertures and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't, and I've always struggled with being that person that has like, you're looking through the lens. Like I'm always, a, always been a person that wants to be in the moment. So I'll be the one guy that's like standing there in the crowd that doesn't have his phone up and is filming the moment because I'm trying to take it all in, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like, it's just so funny to me because like nowadays everything's called on camera and like everybody's looking, everybody's watching life through that little four inch screen or five inch screen. Like that's how they're filming everything and they're making sure they're getting the camera so they can relive it as opposed to living in the moment. You know, it's, um, it's funny you say that Mike, I just want to interject on that because
0: I've noticed, like lately, I've really tried to um, take in the moment, so to speak, after I've had conversations with Mike in the past. So what I'll do is I'll pull out my phone usually only once or twice, like during an event. And then I try to like enjoy the event and build the memory and the photo in my mind. So I still want a photo that I can look back and go, I remember that, you know what I mean? Or I remember that, that short little video I, I did. But I don't want to be sitting there like you see people at these concerts. I'll use in a concert, for instance, and they're just sitting there holding their phone up the whole time and they're just snapping photos up. And it's like, are you really even listening to the music? You know what I mean? Are you just there? I mean, but everybody has their own experience. I get it. But I feel like you said, Mike, like everybody just doesn't live in the moment anymore. They just want to capture everything. Yeah.
2: Well, and I I don't take a lot of pictures like that.
1: No. You know what I mean? Like
2: it's for me, it's therapy. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm not, uh, we just, like my daughter and I just went to Sanford, Apopka and Mount Dora yesterday and just that took back roads. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just always, I get lost in the different angles and seeing things that, um, that people are always like, what are you taking a picture of? Why are you down there like that? What do you do? And I'll show them. I'm like, I didn't even see that. So that's for mm-hmm. me, it's. It's my love and it's, and it's, I think people, it's like people missing those ordinary things and taking joy and the beauty all around them. I'm like, you just don't even see how many cool things there are. Like it's, it's, um, I, I will say that there was um, in the magazine, the digital magazine I did and the write up that the guy wrote, it was like he knew me. It was one of the most it made me cry. Like it was I'm like this guy nailed exactly what I do and and my love for it. And um, but when I'm, you know, watching my kids play sports or that kind of thing, I take a couple pictures, but I'm mm. jumping up and down screaming what, I, you know. Um, I, I think too many people like, oh, I got to post this on social media so I look like a good mom, or, you know, you have that pressure yeah. too. But, um, oh, 100%. But, but for the camera, for me, I think it's, it's what it's, I say it, I compare it to working out. If there's a workout that you do and you like it and you enjoy it, I don't need, you know, um, a personal trainer telling me that that's not good enough, and da 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 da. If if I'm getting to work out and I love it, um, I think that's it. I think with with cameras, it's it's mainly I just picked Canon, and that's what I learned from. And so, um, y- you know, taking good pictures. I had a friend, and he had the crappiest camera ever. He would get good lenses, but he um, was a Photoshop guru and he made the most beautiful art Mm. from it so you know you can i try to do more on my end so i i edit very little it's usually like sharpness contrast maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit of saturation or whatever but um it's it's what you're going to use and easy for you to learn on and then that's kind of just if you get nikon you're probably going to stick with nikon because it's what you know
1: yeah and then once Uh, you start buying lenses you're kind of you're you're stuck stuck
2: but there's buying, a place you know, in
1: buying lenses.
2: in Auburndale still, that's the old fashioned camera shop. Mm-hmm. I think it's been there, I want to say 30 years, um, but they're yeah. like amazing. If you go in and just mm-hmm. have the conversation with them, they'll get you and what you need.
1: You know, what's sad too is um, like, I used to work at Sears in the electronics department and we spent, like hundreds of hours going to training sessions for the manufacturers to learn about the different products. So when consumers would come in, we could give them like the best level of information as far as to find the right VCR for what they needed or, you know, tape deck or recorder or whatever, VHS or recorder or whatever. And then they would turn around and get that information and go across the street to best buy and go in and buy it for a couple hundred dollars less. Um, I I feel like those small like mom and pop stores and Sears was mom and pop, but that was just my experience. Like that store you're talking about, I wonder how many people go in and get the information that they need and then turn around and order it from Amazon because it's a couple hundred dollars cheaper. You know, after they get all this information and stuff, like it's I wonder how much that's that's affected their business. Um, I always try to shop local if I can, even if I got paid a little bit more. Uh, for certain items because I want it to be, you know, I want to help the small businesses and stuff. Um, I'm big on that too. You know, not just promote that. So it's interesting you said that because you know you go over there and there's this guy that's got an entire lifetime of experience that can point you in the right direction. But I'm I'm curious at how many times people go in, get their information, and then they go back and just order it online. Like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm gonna order this bundle of Amazon, save a couple hundred bucks, and you know. As opposed to paying for that expertise and that stuff like that, so that's kind of interesting. But do you know the name of the store over in Arbondale, by chance?
2: I want to say it's Marshalls. Marshalls. I, I haven't been there in a okay. few years, but I need to go back. Like they clean yeah, the about- camera, they help with lenses. Like it was the guy's dad owned it, and then now his son does. So it's- yeah, I
1: think it's a fun place to go, Brad. We should go check sure. that out in Arbondale. because I know we're, yeah. we're always looking at camera equipment. Um, yeah, because I was you looking at we were go. looking at getting to doing more filming and we were looking at trying to upgrade to a more high caliber cinema camera but the weird thing is is that like the iphone is good enough for a lot of the stuff that we do but it's just the perception of rolling up with this big camera with the clients that makes it a difference for us you know like i couldn't imagine if you pulled up Cause you know, like if you take like, like for instance, I've got a rebel 35 millimeter camera, uh, just one of the, um, I want to say it's like a T one or a T three. It's like it's a, a really a T- old You have
0: a three because I used it. No,
1: I've got, that's the digital, oh, okay. that's the digital oh. one. I'm talking about my oh, older okay. one. That's the 35 millimeter. It's just, it's a, actually, it's, a, it's just a, it was a rebel EOS. It wasn't even, it didn't have a T designation. It's just an EOS rebel EOS. If I pull that out in front of people that don't know anything about technology, they're like, oh, he's got to be good because look at the lens. You know, it's like a 20 year old lens and a 20 year like a 25 year old camera. And it takes crappy pictures compared to the iPhone because it doesn't get nearly the resolution and the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a totally different experience. I don't mean crappy, but it's, it's a totally different experience. It's a total it's it's locked in that 35 millimeter frame. You get the development and stuff like that. You don't have the instant preview. There's nothing there's no stabilization or any of that stuff that's built in. You know, and compared to like what my iPhone takes, like they're very comparable. Like I've set them side by side taking the same photo, and you, the iPhone looks superior. And even to my um, digital, the T3 I have, the iPhone takes superior photos because it's got more technology built into it, even though it's a smaller lens. On certain, in certain scenarios, which is like everyday life, it does amazing. But, you know, you go to a client they don't know nothing about the photo. They see you have this big old heavy rig and they're like, oh, wow, that's, you know, they're professionals, you know, as opposed to like shooting with an iPhone. Even though the end product is better with the iPhone shot stuff than it is with the old technology, bigger, clunkier stuff. It's just funny the perception of people like, oh, geez, this is crazy, you know?
2: <laughs> no, um, I agree, especially um... – if, if I'm taking pictures and I have my phone out and people are looking at me like whatever, mm. but if I'm walking around with my, my Canon, you know, then, Oh, yeah. well she's real. And I'm like, you should yeah, she's see legit. The picture. Yeah. So yeah,
1: she's legit. Like that's, that's the situation, you know, <laughs> like, it's just, it's so wild because I'm like, dang, um, you can do so much stuff with the iPhone that these days it's wild um even down to the editing like that you can do on the phone and with the AI helping it's uh it's it's wild how much the technology's taken over for those type of things um
2: i haven't played with AI at all because i just don't want to i i don't want to go down that rabbit hole i think like i and i see it all it, the time with with teaching digital art but
0: um Mm -hmm. i'll be i'll be honest with you if you use it as a tool like you look at it like you would a screwdriver as a tool it can be very beneficial very beneficial i mean it's you know you can speed up your your production time it can speed up a lot of different things it can also give you insights that you didn't think about well but you have to be careful back to the but go ahead mike
1: oh going going back to the teaching thing um because you're a teacher, you know, what at one time I remember when my daughter was really young, because uh, I remember growing up, you know, the big thing with math was like, you need to learn math because you're not always going to have a calculator on you. Uh, you know, because I'm 47. So like, I'm pre Google, um, pre phone with calculators on them. And, you know, nowadays, like you have, you know, I got calculator on my wrist, you know, <laughs> I can literally say, Hey, Siri, what's this and this and this and it tells me the answer. But, I told my daughter a long time ago because she said, you know what? This is dumb. Like I have a calculator with me all the time.
2: It's 26
1: AM. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> just for y'all want to know. Speaking um, of
2: technology. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just butting in. But I told my daughter, I said, listen, it's not about the mechanics of it. It's about the concept. It's so you understand why four plus four equals eight. You know, like what the mechanics behind it is because it's that's what it is. It's about the creative thinking so you can problem solve when you get in situations that the computer can't solve for you.
2: Or what if your That's phone dies? Part. Like like yeah. there's, there's lots of things that can happen. I'm, I started on, teaching yeah. with math, so I'm still very yeah. math then my, facts. Yeah, then math my facts. kid's like,
1: well, if my phone dies. I can borrow my buddy's phone. Cause we all have phones. <laughs> smart Alex. You know, you know, it's like, yeah, they're all you know, they're smart Alex. They're like, Oh, there's a million different, yeah, they're different ways. Like, yeah. You know, but just... I was
2: thinking about when you were talking about um, your stepson not fixing mm-hmm. the chair. Oh, yeah. But but I always have that issue too with these kids. Will be like, well, how do I do this? How? I'm like, did you Google it? Yeah. I said if it was a new video game, you guys would have that researched, Googled, all that stuff. Why why is that such a hard concept yeah. for anything else? Like that always that's crazy to me. I'm like, you have this tool. I go, I feel like the smartest person in the world because if I don't know it or if I'm trying to be right and prove myself, I Google that up. And so it's right there. And I'm like, you guys have this at your fingertips, but you're too lazy to do that part of it. But if it's something like a video game, you're going to know how to yeah. get to level seven in five minutes.
1: Yeah, it's because they feel it's because that savior complex, If if it's something that they don't want to do they want someone to come do it for them they want to be saved because they're not learning through you know trials and tribulations and fire to become a better person they're only doing the things that they want to do because it's a safe happy bubble space you know so only do the things you want to do don't do the things that are hard you know and it's building kids that you know are soft you know like pe like pe's a prime example like you look at pe back in like this you know 50s and 60s that shit was not fun like it was like calisthenics it was like pull-ups it was push-ups it was it was intense and then you go fast forward to like when i was in school in the 90s you know it was oh let's go out and walk the track you know like that's pe we're gonna go walk around the track for an hour you know like or we might play some type of organized game but it was really super unstructured and now like pe's an elective like Oh, if you don't want to take it, you can sign a waiver and get out of it. And I don't know if it's like that at every school, but that's just my experience. It's like, you know, and you're not teaching your kids anything about, um, you know, physical health. So again, falls on the parents. And if the parents don't have good skill set with physical health, you know, you're getting kids that are more unhealthy. That you know, in sports, you know, I was reading the football coach, um, at one of the, the new the the newer football, um, coaching, uh, guide. And it's like, don't use exercise as punishment because it'll teach the kid not to, to like exercise because it's a problem. And I'm on the fence about it because it's like, okay, like I was always like, hey, drop and give me 20. You know, like even my dad do because he's a military drill instructor. So it was like, you know, I, it was physical punishment if I did something, you know, it's go do this, this and this. Um, I was raised like that. And I have like a love-hate relationship with exercise. So I kind of see the logic behind it. But then I'm also kind of like, how do you get them to do it? Like, I hated reading in high school because I was forced to read books that I didn't like. You know, because I had to get a grade on it. But now I love reading um, because I get to choose what I get to read. So it's such a fine line. Like, what's your thoughts on that, um, Rebecca, as far as, you know, using you know, forcing people to do stuff that they don't like as opposed to making them like do things that they do like. We, we, like ha- as a teacher, we have like- to,
2: first of all, we have to do things in life that we don't like. Like it just yeah. has to be tough shit sometimes. And to me, right. the problem with mental health being such a big thing right now, if, if you don't have physical health, your mental health shit.
1: And yeah, And huh? I
2: say this to my own kid, the first thing I do when I wake up, I roll out my bed and i go work out and it helps my mind get in its place and i was always very athletic growing up but then i blew out my knee in college and i was a fatty like i i have to i have to work at at staying in shape i am not skinny i'm not naturally skinny um but what people don't understand is is we don't have like those classes. We don't have health class anymore. You don't have shop class anymore. You don't have home ec. No one's talking to these kids about what is healthy. Do you know what I mean? Like, because, well, and, and, and I think you should love yourself no matter what you look like as well, but you have to be healthy. Like that, that fight's your mental health that fights, you know, not being in the hospital, not being on medication. Um, it, it's, it's such a big problem. It's also this, these kids are sitting at a desk all day mm-hmm. long. That's not and good they for go... them. They're, they're not going to they, they have to have PE. They have to go run around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, we're we're causing children to have obesity. We're feeding them more fast food because we're always on the go. Like there's so many problems because physical health is not there. So I'm big on I'm big on it. Like and 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 I used to tell my kids, "Go get a punching bag. Go take that aggression out. You you're sitting in your room playing a video game all day. That's not healthy for anyone." So Yeah, I'm huge. I think especially with
1: boys, I think especially with boys, because I think boys need the physicality because of the testosterone in their system. And I think that's, you know, you're you're a bad kid because you're stuck in a you're a bad boy because you're stuck in a chair doing arts and crafts and learning and you're not getting any of that physical energy out. And then when you get home, you're not going outside because your parents are afraid to, like, let your kid out the door because you're afraid you're going to get kidnapped because that's what the meeting saying. And, you know, that's what the media is saying. Like when I was a kid, we were all over the place, but nowadays you like, you don't want to let your kids out of your sight because you're afraid they're going to get snatched up around every corner. So your kids are very supervised outdoors. So what they do is they sit in the room and they play video games till two in the morning, you know, because you're not monitoring them.
2: No and one's then sleeping.
1: Their sleep rhythms off. They're not sleeping enough. They get up, you know, they don't want to go to school. They go to school. They don't really like their classes, you know, that they don't. They can't express any of their physicality because it's not cool today. And they start acting out and it's like they get punished for acting out. And then it's just this downward cycle. And I don't know. I, I don't have the answer to fix it other than just to try to get awareness. And I think I do think there's a lot of parents out there that know, though, and they're trying to make an act of difference. Because I know a lot of the people that are around me do make an act of difference. Not all, but a lot, you know, like they, well, they they're aware of it.
2: You don't bike ride with your kids anymore. Like uh, that's yeah. crazy to me that I don't see that. Like I always was bike riding with my kids and my students would be like, "You go riding your bike with your." I'm like, "Yeah." Like we're always hiking or doing something. They're like, "Oh." I'm like, "Is that yeah. weird?" Like I mm-hmm. didn't know it was. And so you, it's. There's just so many things that that I could go on, but I'm so passionate about that because it's a huge problem and it's, and it's mm-hmm. why kids are, and then they're just throwing medication at them instead of yeah. doing what they're supposed to do.
0: <laughs> well, I think you just answered the question, honestly, just right there with that statement. It's, it's being involved with your kids period as a parent being involved, put the, put the phone down, get outside, get on the bike, do things with them, educate them as while you're educating yourself, so to speak, you know what I mean? And just be a parent yeah. at the end of the day. Um, I don't know. Mikey. Hey, man. It's
2: better to watch TV with them. And put, <laughs> I, I say, like, I would say, like, we got games. in trouble for watching TV. I tell my kids, all right, everyone put electronics down. We're going to watch a movie together. Right. And that's what we do. Like, and in movie nights, I go, this is so funny. My doctor would have been like three hours of movies. No, oh, that's bad. But I'm like, that got them off electronics for three hours. So.
0: Yeah. And we got, got to interact know. with each other. <laughs> You know we 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 started yes. implementing a rule, no more eating and you know no more eating in front of the t v so we sit at the table. I mean yeah, don't get me wrong, you know there's only two of us in the house now, but when we did have you know um my son home and stuff like that i we sit at the table we don't We don't go and sit in front of the t v anymore, you know
2: we still do yeah we still eat at the table, yeah,
0: and I mean, I think that's a lot of people not getting to the table and having a conversation about how your day was and things of like that too
1: real quick, I'll tell you one of the wildest things that's like. I like even when I'm sitting out to like watch a movie, like with my stepson, he like has his phone in his hand and he's doing like playing a video game or something on his phone while he's watching the movie. And then when I call him out on it, he literally is like, Well, this, this, and this, this just happened in the show. So he's like paying attention to what's going on on the TV, but he's also playing a video game. And I'm like, That's so weird. It's just like you're distracted. So you're not getting the benefit of both. Like you're missing out all the nuances. Like, yeah, you get the general gist of it, but you're not. You're not, you're like in between and it's, it's just so wild because they don't, they don't see it that way. Like he doesn't see it that way. He's like, Oh, come on. You know, the movie's slow and boring. And I'm like, yeah, it's because it's setting the pace and the tempo. That's the whole cinematography of it. Like you should embrace it. You know, not, it doesn't have to be like this adrenaline rush all the time. And that's, you know what I think it's fake adrenaline. It's just dopamine. It's not adrenaline rush. It's a dopamine rush. So that's kind of where I want to end on. The it's
2: insta, just insta,
1: the insta. Insta, instant insta gratification. Everything.
0: Insta. instant gratification. All right.
1: Well, listen, um,
0: Rebecca, thanks so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Um, it was yeah. awesome. We'd love to have you back on again in the future if, if you're up to it. And, um, again, thank you so much. Um, but, hey, listen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, guys, don't forget to head over to thedailybm.com. That's where you can find all of our socials. Um, hey, Mikey, you got anything before we get out of no. here? One more thing?
1: Hey, I just want – yeah i just want everybody to have a great day and uh you know just live life to the fullest and go out there and enjoy the sunshine sunshine, 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 sunshine. Even the sunshine, sunshine you can't talk to them with these braces rebecca becky you got you got anything
2: no be a good Except, parent just means talking to your kids 30 minutes a day
0: just there you go time. boom best ever all right guys Well, we're out of here and we will catch you on the flip side